0: So uh, in our story of Joseph today, we've moved into an interesting time. As you may know, in the Bible, there's a whole chapter that we've skipped over, and that chapter uh, deals with Joseph's brothers. So we've been kind of leaving Joseph hanging in the midst of this um, uh, being sold into slavery. It's kind of a terrifying thing to leave someone there. The caravan that Joseph was sold to ended up selling him off as well uh, to a Egyptian official, a man named Potiphar, or uh, as far as I can make out, it's Potipharia, Potipharia, a a name that meant gift of Re, the Egyptian sun god. But despite being enslaved by an Egyptian, the Bible made it clear that God has not left Joseph. Quite the opposite, in fact. Indeed, with God's love, Joseph makes things better for himself. And... Everything that Joseph does makes Potiphar more wealthy and gives him more free time. I love that the Bible says the only decision that Potiphar had to make was what to eat for dinner. Like, that's, that's free time at its best, let me tell you. Joseph's not free, but his decisions are respected. And as Potiphar's is second in command, he's already in a pretty good place, all told. From someone sold into slavery, being put into an uh, overseer position was about the best you could hope for. But as scripture tells us, there was a problem. Joseph is, it says, a bright and attractive young man. And he draws the attention of Potiphar's wife. Have you ever known someone so attractive that, uh, or charismatic, that when they walk into a room, everyone looks toward them? It's just that kind of same thing as like a bride on wedding day and everyone just looks at them. And it doesn't happen to be their wedding day, just they always have this spark. A friend of mine in college had that spark. And he was inevitably cast as the lead role in every play we tried out for together. It got to the point I didn't want to audition for any play he was auditioning for, because I knew he was going to get the role that I wanted. Now he put the work in memorizing lines and studying his craft. Don't get me wrong. I definitely felt jealous, though, about how he drew the attention of the crowds. Maybe you've known someone similar to that. In fact, there's a great old story about Joseph that illustrates this. Potiphar's wife, who in this story is called Zuleikha, she's teased by her friends for her infatuation with that Hebrew boy. For several weeks, they laugh at her until Zuleika invites them over. Covertly, she asked for their help in the kitchen, asked them to help peel fruit with a knife. Then she calls Joseph in to the room. When he comes through the door, all of the ladies peeling fruit find the knives somehow, got away from them, and they all cut themselves. And Zuleika says, see, see, and I have to see him every day. (laughs) I wish that the biblical story had more of Zuleika's background or anything beyond her her actions. Despite never speaking directly in the text, we learn the name of Potiphar, in contrast to his wife who speaks but is never named. I'm going to continue using Zuleika. However, I, th- I think it's important to refer to people by name and not just by relationship to someone else. Um, so even though this name isn't biblical, I'm using it as a shorthand so I don't have to keep saying Potiphar's wife over and over and over again. Well, Zuleika, she has become infatuated with Joseph and she orders him to lay down with her. Now Joseph has to make a difficult decision. He's a slave, forced to work for the well-being of the household, and forced to follow their commandments. But this commandment would force him to break the peace and well-being of the household that he's worked so hard to build up. And as he says, why would I do something so clearly wrong and sin so blatantly against God? Though we are reminded time and time again in this story that the Lord was with Joseph, This is the first time that Joseph has directly spoken about God. The love of God allows Joseph to see things beyond his immediate situation, to see the consequences of following through on this demand. But Zuleika, she doesn't listen to this no. Joseph has clearly answered not giving consent, and yet she pursues him. Joseph tries to avoid her, to avoid her advances but she manages to arrange a moment alone with him nevertheless. She grabs onto his clothes, but he manages to slip out of them and run away. This is a lot easier when you're wearing a robe that ties at the front. You can kind of run away that way. This is the second time that Joseph's clothes get him in trouble. First, it was the fancy coat that his dad made for him that his brothers pulled from his back and covered in blood. Now even the clothes that he wears as a slave in Egypt are snatched away from him. And while Joseph gets away, Zuleika decides that she will get revenge on him for rejecting her. This, too, is awfully familiar to us today. In many of the personal stories shared in the midst of the Me Too movement, people feared for their safety or that the other person would try to take spiteful revenge. This came out in more than one story. It's clear that people of all genders can be filled with rage, making choices to hurt each other rather than going their own separate ways. In some ways, it may even be worse today. There are many people today who feel that they are owed a partner. Instead of seeking a true partner, listening for God's urging and leading, these people insult and demean others without or little provocation beyond a simple no. On social media especially, perhaps because of the impersonal nature of being separated by a computer screen, the vile words and vitriol that people write to others are sad and honestly quite frightening. A friend of mine, for instance, recently shared that she regularly has strangers reaching out to her on her Facebook page. And as soon as she says she's only interested in talking to friends from real life on Facebook, these strangers change from trying to be charming to trying to be threatening. And she has messages like this on a weekly and even sometimes daily basis. Such a barrage of fear is terrible for anyone to deal with and doesn't lend itself in listening to God's lead in seeking a romantic partner. In this story, Zuleika, she lies to everyone, telling them that Joseph tried to force her rather than the other way around, and uses his clothes as evidence to send him to prison. And this also is uncomfortably, unfortunately, familiar to us. In the state of Oklahoma, just over one of every hundred adults in the state are in prison. 1.3% of Oklahoma's population is in prison at this moment. That's higher than anywhere else in the world. It's the highest average for the state, for the U.S., it's highest for the entire world. And it's nearly 10 times higher than anyone outside of the U.S., for that matter. And while some of them are guilty of the crimes, and do indeed need to set, be set apart from the rest of the population, as Jacqueline Lapsey points out in her commentary, a shocking number of the U.S. prison population are incarcerated because of false evidence, coerced confession, procedural malfeasance, other legal incompetence, or all of the above. And if you add to that number the number of people who are in migrant detention camps, waiting for months at a time just for a chance to claim asylum while separated from their family, it's no wonder that we hear Jesus calling us to release the captives. As the author of the letter to the Hebrews writes, Remember prisoners as if you were in prison with them, and people who are mistreated as if you were in their place. You see, Genesis tells us that going to prison, that wasn't the end of Joseph's story. God was with Joseph, helping him to befriend fellow prisoners and even be selected for limited authority over them. Maybe Joseph remembered his father's stories. God told Jacob, later named Israel, I am with you, I will watch over you wherever you go, I will not leave you. The author of Hebrews echoes these words centuries later, I will never leave you or abandon you. God has immersed Joseph in God's presence throughout his entire life. And even so, Joseph's life has not been an easy one. No one sold into slavery falsely accused of sexual impropriety, and imprisoned, no one going through that has had an easy life. But God's presence has helped Joseph immensely. With the love of God, Joseph is able to give a clear answer to Zelikha. With the love of God, you can also give clear answers to difficult questions. With the love of God, Joseph lifts up those around him, makes things better, no matter his circumstances. With the love of God, you can make things better for everyone around you, no matter the circumstances. With the love of God, you can choose to not be filled with rage and instead put yourself in the place of others. In line with the author of Hebrews, with the love of God, we can love each other like family. With the love of God, we can open up our homes to guests, With the love of God, we can remember prisoners like we were in prison with them and put ourselves in the place of the mistreated. With the love of God, we should honor marriage, not cheating and not causing someone else to cheat. After all, God has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. With the love of God, we can truly love one another. And so may the love of God fill you with peace. May the love of Christ lead you to act in righteousness, and may the love of the Holy Spirit inspire you to let your yes be yes and your no be no. Amen.